I came from the dream time, from the dusty red soil plains. I am the ancient heart, the keeper of the flame. I stood upon the rocky shore. I watched the tall ships come. For forty thousand years, I've been the first Australian. On the prison ship, bowed down by iron chains, I cleared the land, endured the lash, and waited for the rains. I'm a settler, I'm a farmer's wife, on a dry and barren run. A convict, then a free man, I became Australian. Daughter of a digger who sought the mother load. The girl became a woman on the long and dusty road. I'm a child of the depression. I saw the good times come. I'm a bushy, I'm a battler, and I am Australian. We are one. I'm a singer of songs. I'm Albert Namajira, and I beat the ghostly guns. I'm Clancy on his horse. I'm Ned Kelly on the run. I'm the one who wants Matilda. I am Australia. I'm the hot wind from the desert. I'm the black soil of the plains. I'm the mountains and the valleys. I'm the drought and flooding rains. I am the rock. I am the sky. The rivers when they run. The spirit of this great land. I am Australian. We are one, but we are many. Yeah.
Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That song gives me chills, man. It gives me shivers. Uh, I probably shouldn't have used the whole song. I might get in trouble for that if anybody's listening. Anybody gives a shit, but it was worth it. Couldn't stop it, man. I just couldn't stop it. The song gives me chills. Um, I reckon that song should be our new uh, new national anthem. I know that's probably sacrilege to say, but fuck it, that's what I believe. I think that should be our new national anthem. We might have to add a couple of verses in there about refugees and people coming over a little bit more uh, recently who are still Australian, but... Anyway, that's my opinion. Fucking love that song. Quickly, I'll do my shout-outs before we get into this juicy-ass podcast. Uh, shout-outs to Two Way Hire Services, a family-owned and operated two-way radio supplier. They ship throughout WA free of charge. So whether you need a portable handheld radio, a CB radio for your vehicle or an antenna, Two Way Hire Services will keep you connected. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, or at twowayhireservices.com.au. Uh, PCC Productions uh, are the audiovisual specialists up here in Port Hedland, uh, in the Pilbara really. They do all our live events, supply uh, gear and material to, um, to people coming through uh, who need sound uh, equipment and sound engineering. Um, yeah, they've got a recording space uh, in, in Wedgefield there. And um, the man behind PCC, Brad Holder, he has a film clip coming out for his song Cinderella Girl sometime in the next week or so, he tells me. So he'll let us know when that happens. Um, keep your eyes out on, on, on social media and things like that for that to drop. And once that happens, I will get him back on here uh, to come promote it and talk about it and just have a yarn about life and headland in general as well. Um, also captured by Carlos, who's a local photographer. There's a bunch of them in town, but uh, Ka- Carlos is uh, he's a mate of mine. He's also an Average Man podcast alumni. Uh, you'll see his photo on the Everything Headland page. He's got the, that background shot of the ships. It's got his little logo in the middle there. Um, and uh, he's done a bunch of travelling around the world. I believe something like 32, 32 countries, something along that, those lines, and planning another trip for this year uh, with some brilliant shots abroad and just brilliant shots of the Pilbara as well mate um, looking at working on getting we are working on getting um, Carlos on here sometime in the next couple of weeks also tried to ha- make that happen before Christmas but just ran out of time so working around his um, schedule for work we'll be getting him on pretty soon to have a yarn about what he's up to what his plans are for 2019 and, and how he's been going over the last six months as well and also uh, shout out to Shafted Spearfishing Lukey and Zan the boys check them out on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube I'm trying to work on getting those lads on here as well and hopefully tee up a dive that was supposed to happen a a few weeks ago but things things shift things change a lot of moving parts here man it's not just doesn't just rely on me so I'm I'm trying to get dudes together these are just laid-back Australian dudes, man, who've got full-time jobs as well. So sometimes it's hard to make things work around my schedule, their schedule, and line everything up. But, um, yeah, working on getting him on uh, one of those, maybe two of the boys, or at least one of the boys on sometime soon to have a yarn about them, what they're doing with their business, what they want to do with the future uh, as well. That's shout-outs done for today. Uh, G'day. Hey, welcome to Average Man Podcast, episode number 25. We are Australian. Um... It's Saturday the 19th of January, so tomorrow there's a big UFC event on. It's the first UFC that's going to be on um, ESPN, so they've finished their deal with Fox. They had, uh, I think, maybe a five-year deal uh, with Fox, Um, and then that's just finished. The new deal has started. The first event will be aired tomorrow, which is so that's a free event. So when they've got the the pay-per-views, they'll still be on 
however many times a month they air those, and then they've they've always had some. Well, the last five years they've had these free events that they air also, which were on Fox and are now on ESPN. I'm not 100% sure what that means for us here in Australia. I'm going to be watching it tomorrow uh, if everything goes to plan. I, I haven't. I'm not sure about the broadcasting deal with that, so I'm assuming I could still watch it on my UFC Fight Pass app. I got the app and it's it's on there. Loaded like it's it says that that's that'll be playing um, on the UFC Fight Pass app. But I've been stitched up in the past before with the Fox um, cards. Sometimes they wouldn't play them for like a week to do with broadcasting rights and shit here in Australia. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with ESPN. Otherwise, I'm, I'm not really sure how you'd watch it here. You'd probably have to download the ESPN app and, and, and stream it that way. I'm not sure what Foxtel channels it'll be on or, or whatever. So there's a few bugs to work out over the next couple of cards um, with the new deal. But uh, hopefully it's still nice and easy for us to get here in Australia. And um, yeah, I'm just going to try watching my UFC Fight Pass app tomorrow. It's a big card. Um, I'll give you a quick rundown of who's fighting and what I think is going to happen. Um, it's they'll be on the main card: Glover Teixeira versus Carl Roberson. Roberson, um, Glover Teixeira is a vet. He's been you know, he's fought John Jones, um, had, had a shot at the title. He used to tra- train with Chuck Liddell. Been around for a long time. Brazilian dude, really good boxing, great wrestling and jiu-jitsu. Um, Carl Roberson's sort of an up-and-comer. I uh, don't know too much about him, but I'm gonna. I think he's more of a striker. I'm gonna give the edge to Glover um, if it goes to if he gets it to the ground. Uses experience to get this thing down to the ground. It should be trouble for Carl Robertson down there. It's trouble for anyone on the ground with with, with Glover. So my money's on Glover for I'll say a, a submission, second round submission. I reckon he gets him. I reckon he gets him down to the ground, lands some some um, ground and pound, and then uh, gets in like a rear naked choke or something. So yeah, that's what I'll say. Rear naked choke, second round finished for Glover to. Um, next on the card, we've got Battle of the Hotties, Paige Van Zant versus Rachel Ostovich. Um, Paige Van Zant, she trains at Team Alpha Male um, with you know, Uriah Faber, Cody Garbrandt, a um, bunch of other the, the uh, bantamweight, flyweight fight, f- fighters over there at Team Alpha Male. She's a little blondie, hottie. Um, she's dancing with the stars over in the US. She sort of made a bit of a name for herself because she is very marketable, very pretty girl. Uh, also got the skills to back it up. Uh, she's fighting this bird, Rachel Ostovich, who I haven't seen fight yet, but I've heard a little bit about her. She, she was um, This fight was originally slated, and then um, Rachel Ostovich's partner, who's, who trains mixed martial arts also, uh, beat the shit out of her. Um, like they thought he broke her orbital, and there's there's audio of the discrepancy going on, and he's threatening to kill her. He's gonna, you know, he says, "I'm gonna kill you," and, and all this kind of stuff. And he's obviously flogged her pretty pretty bad, busted her eye up. They originally thought she had broken orbital and was gonna have to pull out of this fight. Um, she went and got a second opinion. And apparently, she's all good to go. Um, so she just really wants to get that, put that behind her, and overcome the adversity and get in the ring, uh, get in the cage, sorry, and, and get on with this fight anyway. She is also a real gorgeous woman. So this is why they've marked, matched these two up together. Very marketable for their first fight on ESPN. Two hotties going at it. I, I think Paige Van Zant has the um, skills and the experience to, to get Rachel out of there. But you kind of got to go for the underdog in this one. She's got less experience. She's not as well known. She's just been. Uh, you know, in a bad domestic violence uh, situation, um, she's overcoming that. So you know, you got to kind of hearts with Rachel Osovich, but I really think Paige Van Zandt can do enough to get her out of there. She could finish her TKO or something in the, in the second. Otherwise, I think she probably runs away with it on the scorecards. 
Um, that's my pick for that one. We've also got Joseph Benavidez versus Dustin Ortiz. This is a rematch. Joseph Benavidez generally wins every fight, not against Mighty Mouse or current champ Henry Cejudo. So you've got to give it to the edge to anyone the the, the first fight too. So you've got to give this one to Joseph Benavidez by stoppage TKO in the third round, I think. Uh, Yancey Medeiros versus Gregory Gillespie. Yancey Medeiros is a Hawaiian cat, loves to throw down and bang. I don't know a lot about Gregor Gillespie. I'm going to give this one to Yancey Medeiros via third round stoppage also. Um, yeah, he likes to stand in the pocket and just trade. Got a good chin. Doesn't throw real knockout power, but a lot of volume, and he can stop guys when he lays it on after a while. So I'm going to say TKO stoppage in the third round for Yancey Medeiros. Um, now we have the co-main event which is quite controversial it's uh, Greg Hardy versus Alan Crowder weird that this is a co-main event um, neither of these guys really have a, a, a rec- a much of a record behind them um, or a big name Greg Hardy was an NFL player so I guess in the States he's got quite a big name and um, he, he just came up through the Dana White looking for a fight series um, she goes around and does like looks for new talent basically scouts out fights gets people they go into his TV show um, Tuesday night contender series, I think it was, and then yeah, they build people up through that, bring them into the into the UFC and trying to make new stars off this. Um, the reason this is controversial is because the UFC really got behind this Greg Hardy. They're really pushing him as their next star because he already has a little bit of a name, I believe. And um, he's uh, he, he was I think he got kicked out of the the NFL or he was dropped from his team and no one else would pick him up because he had a, he went through um, a domestic violence case, like he beat beat the shit out of his girl at the time, like apparently quite quite bad as well. I mean, he's a heavyweight, a big super athlete, you know, and and sort of laying hands on his on his woman, busted her up quite badly. So you've got a couple of fights earlier, uh, Rachel Ostovich, who's just coming back from a severe beating at the hands of her husband, sort of domestic violence uh, situation, and then on the same card, the UFC have got this Greg Hardy, who is been charged with domestic violence uh, um, and they're putting all their marketing behind him and it just seems really really callous like uh, just a full-blown money grab like do they not see the bad taste in having these two on the card same card together um, as Brendan Shaw pointed out on his podcast this guy's not a big name he's not a big draw no one really cares about him uh, why not just bump him to another card if you're gonna if you're gonna promote him and put him um, and put him in the UFC and try and make a star out of him why not, why not just make him fight next week or the week after whenever the next card is no one cares it's no, one, no one's tuning in to watch Greg Hardy we're tuning in for the, the main event um, it would show a little bit of consideration and um, a bit of tact and some heart to, to not put him on the same card as a woman that's just been beat by her husband so um, pretty pretty low um, move by the UFC marketing machine on that one um, and unfortunately he's fighting someone who's probably just a can they've set up for him so uh, I'm going to say Greg Hardy wins this by knockout in the first round unfortunately um, I can't wait for them to match him up with a real heavyweight if he does win this one match him up with a real heavyweight you know, pity Mark Hunt has uh, has uh, left the UFC but I think someone like the Black Beast he's been very vocal about um, and not yeah, he really, really dislikes people who are um, uh, who you know lay hands on women. So they can match him up with the Black Beast after this one, and hopefully just get his lights just punched out, mate, by a real man. So 
Yeah, bad move by the UFC there. But anyway, moving on from that, the main event on this one is um, TJ Dillashaw versus Henry Cejudo. This is a super fight. So TJ Dillashaw is coming down from bantamweight to fight Henry Cejudo at flyweight. Um, so he was looking to become the third only double champ in the UFC history. First one being Conor McGregor, second one being Daniel Cormier. TJ Dillashaw is looking to be the third man to hold two belts at the same time. He definitely can do it. Henry Cejudo has only just won that flyweight belt. He's the only the second ever flyweight champion, as Demetrius Johnson was the longtime champion, uh, the first champion at flyweight when they introduced the division and then held that uh, belt for oh, maybe six years, uh, 11 title defences, surpassing Anderson Silva for most title defences of all time, um, widely considered to be greatest of all time, maybe next to John Jones, and Henry Cejudo beat him in a rematch they had uh, last year in a very close decision, so he's a legit, real deal, um, and straight away he's challenging yeah, a, a larger man, the champion from the weight class above. Henry Cejudo is a gold medalist wrestler in the Olympics and now champion in the, in the UFC. Also, TJ Dillashaw, TJ Dillashaw has great wrestling, especially MMA wrestling. He's got all the credentials. He's fought everybody in his weight class, his division. Um, he's the second time he's been a champion. He's got knockout power. He's got speed, timing, footwork, conditioning, good good wrestling as well. Like I said, MMA wrestling. I really think he's got all the, all the um, tools to, to beat Henry Cejudo. And um, I'm going to put my money on uh, TJ Dillashaw, I think. I don't think we get a knockout. I think Cejudo's got a great chin and um, good enough footwork to stay out of the out of the pocket for, and not get tagged with a big shot. But I think TJ just puts on a, a clinic with him. I think we get him stuffing takedowns. I think he might even land a couple of his own as the fight goes on. I think he just breaks away as the rounds go on and on. Just puts on a clinic, a striking clinic, just just cutting angles, getting in and out, pushing a pace that Cejudo can't match. And when Cejudo starts going for his takedowns, I think um, Dillashaw can uh, avoid him. And if he does get taken down, I think he can pop back up. And, and I don't think um, Henry's got an answer for, for, for the striking of, of uh, TJ Dillashaw, even though he's a phenomenal striker himself. So I'm going to go with TJ Dillashaw via unanimous decision on this one. And I think it's going to be a real, real good fight. Real good fight. The way these dudes move, the speed, the cardio, it's just going to be um, uh, action from start to finish. So check that one out. I don't know where you'll find it uh, if you don't have the UFC Fight Pass app. But, um, yeah, try and check that one out. It's on ESPN. ESPN Plus, I think, which is their, um, their streaming uh, platform. So, yeah, good luck finding that. But it's going to be a ripper of a fight. A good card. Also, on the, on the uh, undercard tomorrow, they've got Cowboy, Cerrone, who's always a fan favourite, always comes in to bang and knock people out. Um, and he'll be fighting a young up-and-comer, Alex Hernandez. I think a lot of the um, a lot of the analysts and the, and the pros are picking Alex Hernandez on this one just because he's got so many tools. He's really young, hun- hungry, dangerous, up-and-comer. And Cowboy's getting on a little bit long in the tooth. But um, I love Cowboy Cerrone and my heart's with him. And he can definitely get this kid out of there with a head kick or something or, an, you know, some, or a good rib kick or perhaps... Um, well, I think Alex Hernandez has got some pretty slick grappling, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna give the edge to Cowboy with um, experience and striking, and say he gets him out of there TKO in the third round. He's hoping anyway. So moving on from that, um, Australia Day is next Saturday, right? Um, and the hottest 100 is being moved to next Sunday. I've got a little something to say about that. So, last year, due to social pressure, social media, left-wing 
pressure. Um, the Triple J decided that they would move the Hottest 100, which since the late 90s has traditionally been linked with Australia Day. They put them both on the same day, um, and we have a Hottest 100 party on Australia Day. The two go together like, uh, yeah, Vegemite and toast, mate. They just they work together perfectly. Um, you get a day off, public holiday, whatever day it is. We play the Hottest 100. Everyone's excited about it. You're getting your votes in for the weeks leading up. It's the best music as voted by Australia over the past year. It's the largest. Um, it's the largest music poll. Uh, worldwide, they get something like 2.4 million people, 2.6 million people voting in this thing. It's the largest online, like the largest active uh, voting poll for music for music in in the world. Uh, it's it's huge, man, and uh, it's become an Australian institution, as is Australia Day. And they decided that um, due to pressure to this whole um, change the date movement and Australia being called, you know. Uh, uh, um, Colonialism Day and, and or Invasion Day, and, and saying that it's you know uh, they want to distance themselves from the uh, what we're apparently celebrating on Australia Day. Triple J decided to divorce the two events and just put uh, the Hottest 100 on the last Saturday of January each year. And I think I spoke about this previously. I thought it was a bitch move back then. I think it's a bitch move now. They said that that means occasionally. Um, Hottest 100 will fall on the same day as Australia Day and that will just be looked at as a coincidence and we'll roll with it. And that was what was going to happen this year, Saturday being the last Saturday of January and also being Australia Day, the two would have fallen on the same day. Apparently there's been some pressure from somewhere um, to go another step further and move Australia, uh, move Hottest 100 off the last Saturday of the January and bump it to the Sunday specifically to avoid having it land on the same day as Australia Day. This pisses me off, man. So, the thing is, right, this, this to me, this just screams white Australia, white Australia. That's who, who has a problem with these, this event being on Australia on Australia Day. I know that a lot of Indigenous Australians, which I am an Indigenous Australian, a lot of Indigenous Australians have a problem with uh, Australia Day, the way it's being celebrated anyway. I would think that they, you know, it brings back a lot of bad memories. It seems like it leaves them out. It can be quite callous to celebrate the day that Australia was co colonised by the Europeans, by the English settlers, um, to just celebrate that and, and not change the way that we talk about it. I can understand that point of view. I don't understand... I mean, I do understand, but I don't agree with changing the date, right? So this, to me, I don't think that, that any... And I can't speak for groups of people, but the, the, the black fellas I know don't have a problem with Australia Day being... Uh, with the Hottest 100 being on the same day as Australia Day, OK? If they had a problem with Australia Day, it's separate to the Hottest 100. It, it's, it doesn't, doesn't matter. In, in fact, I believe that the Hottest 100 being on Australia Day is actually a distraction from what... We would typically sell, people would typically celebrate on Australia Day. It's it gives you something else to celebrate on Australia Day. It means we can just have a day off, we have barbecues and shit like we've all got planned anyway, and then we can just listen to the hottest 100, listen to the best music of the last year as voted by Australia, as voted by all Australians, Indigenous Australians, as, as voted by uh, people who've immigrated over, as as as. Um, uh, 
as voted by people who are just just holidaying, living in the country, people here on visas, people who are you know, European, white Australians. Everyone votes in this. Everyone who listens to Triple J, everyone who gives a shit about Australian music, votes or listens to and, and has a chance to vote for this uh, in this music poll. And then we all get to listen to the music together and it brings us together and we don't care about all of our differences while we're listening to that music. We care about the music. What's the music about? Who? What are we all decided is the best... You know, 100 songs, the best top 10 songs, the best song over the past year. It gives us something else to focus on rather than the fact that, yeah, um, Australia was colonised by Europeans and the fact that that's what we've been celebrating since 1946 when this day was first recognised officially as Australia Day. Okay? So, it seems like the kind of the kind of view that, you know, your younger, do-gooder, uni student type, um, uh, no-life experience type of people uh, would have, right? I want to be seen to be doing the right thing, virtue signalling. You look at me, look at me, I don't want to have Australia Day on the same day as uh, uh, Hottest 100 anymore because I'm a moral person. No, I think you're a fucking idiot. I don't think the two uh, need to be mutually exclusive. I think that it, it gives us something to celebrate and to come and to connect together on over that day. I don't believe we need to change the date of Australia Day. Here's why. It is a day, it's a historical day. It's, like I said, it's been, an, uh, it's been a, a date we've celebrated this on since 1946. It's been a public holiday since 1994. It's an Australian institution. What I think we should be doing is taking advantage of the fact that there's already a day everybody recognises addressing what we were originally celebrating on this day, the colonisation of Australia or of Indigenous Australia by the, by the European settlers, and, and turning it into more of a commiseration ceremony during, in the morning. We can have a commiseration, commiseration ceremony. We can uh, uh, acknowledge what was done to Indigenous Australians, all the hurt, the pain, all the, the, you know, the raping and pillaging, the taking of land, the killing of, of people and languages... You know, we can, we've got to acknowledge that that happened. We can use this day, hijack this day, to, to, to which people already, uh, already know as, as a significant day, use it and change the way we interact with it. Talk about that in the morning. Let's have a ceremony. Let's talk about that. And then let's change the way we celebrate it throughout the day so it's not White Aussie Bogan Day anymore, but it is Australia Day, the day that we all go, look, this is what happened. This is what we re-recognise not celebrate, but recognise on this day that Australia was colonised by the Europeans. Because it was, obviously. There's European, there's white Australians here. Um, we, know, we know that it happened. We're not going to turn a blind eye, change the day, pretend it didn't happen. It happened. Let's change the way we look at the day. Let's change the way we interact with the day. Let's teach our youth that this is the day that Australia, we celebrate, that it's, you know, this is the day we uh, acknowledge the significance of the, 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 of the fact that, that Europeans uh, colonised Australia uh, uh, and all the hurt and the trauma and, and all the horrible things that happened. Let's acknowledge that on this day. You know, you have some ceremonies, you can, you know, we can um, give out some, uh, uh, you know, we can recognise specific members of the Aboriginal community who are doing things to help uh, aid their community, help close the gap, who are, you know, helping educate you know, white White Australians, you know, people who are making a difference. Um, we can we can really hijack the whole day, hijack this the idea that's that's already there, the the public holiday that's already there, all the infrastructures in behind it. Hijack this day, teach the youth a, a new way to to look at the day, a new way to interact with the day. You know, instead of just 
dropping the whole thing, moving, walking away from it, pretending it didn't happen. It's not, it's not the move. And a, one of the best ways to change the way we celebrate this day is to put more emphasis, emphasis on the fact that after we celebrate, after we commiserate uh, what was ha- what happened to the Aboriginal people, now we now we uh, um, all come together and listen to music that all Australians of every gender, colour, race, culture, age, whatever, can all have a, have a chance to vote on and say what they believe was the best music for the for the last year. And we all just get together and have a barbecue and celebrate and listen to music together. What what better way to move forward than to take advantage of the the the, the um, institution and the infrastructures that are already in place? We don't just walk away from it. We don't just turn a blind eye. Oh no no, we'll change the date. And then when it's going to happen to fall on the same day, they take it the extra step further and bump it another day out anyway. It's, it's just a bitch move. It's not well thought out. It's not well planned. It's just virtue signalling. It's just people who don't have a clue about, about life without any life experience who have too much say, who are pushing the rest of us around because they're, all, they're on social media and, they're, and they're, they're getting their voice out there and the squeaky wheel gets the oil. And I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. I've loved Triple J for many, many years now. It's the station I've always listened to, and I'm getting more and more alienated as I get older because of the the, the, the type of people that are uh, they're making the calling the shots over there. The music that, that that gets played on the station is one. That's 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 one thing that that uh, is fair enough because the people that vote for the music are the people that should get their their choice of music put in so I'm not worried about what kind of music they play I don't care about that I care about this agenda of of um, just political correctness gone mad you know and and, and virtue signaling and and just really trying to be so uh, almighty and and uh, yeah I think they're really dropping the ball on this one man I really do I could go on about it all day, it gets me pissed off every time I think about it. I really could go on about it all day, but it's one of those things that I need somebody else here really to riff back and forward with uh, on this topic. Preferably someone that disagrees with me would be better, so we could actually have a conversation, a debate about it. Anybody who listens to this podcast, um, who's local, obviously, who who does have a difference of opinion, would love to come on and chat to me about it. More than welcome to have you on. Uh, more than welcome. I know I'm passionate and a little bit angry right now. It wouldn't be an aggressive conversation. That's not the way I would do this with anybody else. I'd just, I, I'd, I'd go back and forth. I'd like to open my mind and listen to you because there is a, there is a high chance that, that um, I've got it wrong, man. Because um, let's be honest, I'm, I'm just as fucked in the head as the next person, man. I, I really am. I got a, I got a crazy mind that works in crazy ways, and perhaps I'm just stuck in my way and looking at this from one side of the, the, the ball, and somebody else could really show me and shine a light on their argument. And perhaps there's some some value to that argument that I haven't considered yet. 100% agree that that's the that that's a possibility, but I don't think so. <laughs> I think that uh, I really think that they've dropping the ball on this. Is it's not the way to go about it at all, man. Um, but yeah, I do have to, uh, to to admit that you know, I, I, being of an older generation, looking at things, you know, an older generation from the demographic that listen to Triple J, that is, um, there there is a difference in. Um, the way people view things and the way that they're brought up and the way that they interact with these kind of things. So, you know, possibly they, I could have a good discussion, good debate with somebody. I'm open for that. We could do that on the podcast. I'd love it. If anybody hears this and they wanted to come on and they disagree with me and want to have a chat about it, get hold of me on the Facebook or the Instagram page. Let me know. We could t- tee that up. Not a problem. But, yeah, I just really think they dropped the ball on that one, man. So, um, Moving on from that, uh, we got... Yeah. Next week, anyway, that is so. I'm not sure what I'm going to do now. I'm going to have the barbecue uh, on. I think I might have the barbecue on the Sunday. 
I'll bow down and listen to the Hottest 100 and have a barbecue on the Sunday, specifically because there's a um, there's a, an Australian Day event down at the Civic Centre this Saturday. So I got hold of Brad Holder um, from PCC and he gave me some um, details about this event, saying it's the event it runs from 5 till 9 p.m. Fireworks are at 8:30 p.m. It's at the Civic Centre Gardens. Uh, they're going to have a magician there, Robbie T, who's from Perth. Uh, there's um, a circus performer also from Perth called Morgan Scooby Scarf. Um, and some giant unicorns walking around on stilts. That sounds very, very hot to me, but good luck to them. And also local muso and my uh, and mate of ours, my, my Mrs. Mate, um, Bella Blackmore, who will be... Um, who'll be um, singing at the yeah, at the event as well. So that's from 5 till 9, fireworks at 8.30 at the Civic Centre next Saturday the 26th to celebrate Australia Day. So get down there. I think that's the easiest way for me is to just have a cruisy day on Saturday, get down there, celebrate that with the kids at the Civic Centre on Saturday evening and then have a barbecue, listen to music, Hottest 100 on the Sunday. Not happy about it, but it is what it is. So that's the way it's probably going to go for us next weekend. Um, apart from that, I'm really enjoying just being back in my routine, mate. Um, the the year is well and truly underway now. We're coming to the end of January, flying through this month already. Uh, coming to the end of January and back in my routine, I got a new training regime. 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 Can't say that fucking word. New training regime, um, which I'm pumped about. You know, like I've been training for a long time now. Um, you kind of get tired of doing the same old thing sometimes. So for me, I've had a bit of a break over the, the Christmas break. All I did was went running for like the last month is the only thing I've done training-wise, using my skateboard and doing a bit of running, no lifting or anything. So, um, yeah, I've um, shaken up the way I'm going to do things, and, and I've got a new regime, like an upper body split. So um, training, hopefully, lifting weights four times a week. Uh, I'll be running once or twice a week, and I want to get down to uh, the kickboxing or the Muay Thai down here um, once a fortnight as well, just to just to keep those skills up. Um, yeah, and mix it up. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, yeah, you got to mix it up, man. You train all the time. You just get bored of doing the same shit. And there was, even though I was uh, motivated and looking and always look, looking to stay fit, that the, doing the same old workout for me was getting really tired over the last few months. So mixing it up, and um, yeah, so far so good. It feels good to have something written down that I've got to stick to, uh, and yeah, just be doing things a bit of a different way, shake shake up the old uh, system routine a little bit. So that's good, and. Um, yeah, it's a funny thing that I was speaking to somebody about this the other day, that as we get older, um, I remember when holidays would come to an end, Christmas holidays specifically, you know, for two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, and that would come to an end, uh, I was off for four weeks this time, this year, oh no, I wasn't, I was off for three weeks, but that comes to an end, and um, I used to dread going back to work, you know, it was like you've been off, been partying, you know, drinking, no responsibility, waking up late, doing all that kind of, staying up late, doing all that kind of stuff, and then work would come around and you get the whole, uh, the dreads, you know, the, the depression, oh no, you're back into the routine, work's coming, you know, blah, blah, blah. I used to really feel like that as I'm getting older, and I think this might be the first year I've truly felt like this. Uh, even though when I was running my business, I was, I was kind of pumped to get back to things as well, I suppose. But working for somebody else, uh, coming back from the Christmas break, and I'm actually, I was actually just ready to get back to work. I was pumped for it. I was excited. 
um, you know, I've got shit I want to get done this year, man. So it came to the end of the holidays, and I was like, well, you know what? I'm done sitting around doing bugger all and spending all my money. Um, I've got shit I want to get done this year, and that means I need to go to work and make money, and it helps me get back into a routine as well. Like, I, I realised, mate, if I ever win the lottery, I'm going to need to have a, a pretty pretty tight um, routine to keep me on the straight and narrow because I just fall off and don't know what the hell I'm doing with myself without that um, routine of work. So I think I'm a guy that really needs that routine to keep my discipline up and keep me moving towards um, my goals. Um, and w- yeah, work's obviously great for that. It's great to make money. I'm just, I'm happy to be back at work, man, you know, like, which is good, which is good, man. I'm not, it wasn't a pain, wasn't painful for me at all. It was physically because I got my ass kicked in the heat, but I'm really, I'm just settled into it. I'm like, sweet, I'm moving towards my next set of goals now, my next um, miniature goals, you know, and obviously got the bigger goals in the long run. So it, to do that, I need, I need to make money. So I'm, I'm pumped, man, and it feels good to have that kind of mindset. Um, yeah, I used to hate that feeling going back to work and, and like being depressed and shit about it. That was the worst. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that, man. Must be growing up, eh? Um, some local events at the moment. Obviously, the Oz Day thing down at uh, the Civic Centre next Saturday, as previously mentioned. Uh, the turtles are hatching at the moment. They're still laying. Some of them are still laying. So it's a really late season because the heat came in late this year. But obviously, turtles that uh, ha- that laid last year, uh, I think they hatched within about 45 days of laying. So, you know, would have been sort of six weeks ago. Um... Some of the turtles were were, were laying, and um, yeah, they're they're um, hatching now. Em's has been for a few walks. My wife's been for a few walks this uh, week in the mornings, and she stumbled into one actually the first day, and then went down again the next day and saw a bunch of them hatch out of the little eggs under this. Well, you don't see them hatch out of the eggs, but you see them erupt up out of the sand, and then and then run off down towards the beach. She's got a bunch of videos and photos of that quite cute she's pretty stoked about it so I might put a couple of those um, photos or a video up on my um, average man Facebook page and Instagram page and um, yeah she wanted to go back down there with the uh, with the kids so we went down with the kids this morning and um, which was pretty cool we saw one one little turtle come up out of his his nest but you know and there was heaps of people there today because it was a Saturday it was quite hot and shit like that but it was good good to get down there anyway and we saw one little turtle pop up out of his nest and then cruise off down towards the, the beach. The kids were excited about that. And then um, on our walk back, about halfway back, or three quarters of the way back along the, the little, um, the little um, egg-laying, breeding, sort of hatching section of the beach here, we, we saw, well, I don't know how Em saw it, but there's a big, like a hole in the sand. It was about, it was, it was in the waterline. So the high tide last night would have covered where this hole was. There's a hole there, looks like a, maybe like a crab hole or something. Some sort of um, creature has, du- has dug this hole. It's just that, got that look about it. And for some reason, in the hole, she saw a little hatchling, a um, little turtle. And she's looking at him thinking, oh, no, that's an odd place for him to be. The nests are further up near the dunes. This is obviously in the tide line. Like The tide's been washing up and down over this for the last however you know, six weeks or whatever. That's not where he's hatched. So what's he doing in this hole? I don't know if he'd been chasing there by a predator, a lizard or a bird or something like that, but he was sort of jammed in this hole, man. I was looking at him going, oh, what's... He looks dead. And then um, a bit of sand or a rock rolled sort of down into the hole and bumped him and he, and he moved. So I thought, oh no, he's alive, man. Thought, what do we do? Like, you're not supposed to touch him. You don't want to intervene or anything like that. But he definitely wasn't in the right spot, this little guy. So, um, yeah, I didn't quite know what to do. I started digging the front of it. It was, it was a deep, steep 
hole. I didn't th- think he was going to get out of it. So I sort of dug the front of the hole away for him as much as I could. And once the um, that front bit was dug away and the, and the sunlight sort of came into his hole a little bit, he started to twitch around and move a little bit. But his little back legs were, because it was a real tight hole at the very back, it got quite small and narrow. His little back legs seemed to be be buried, so they were buried between the, the sand underneath him and the, and the weight of the sand from on top of him. Um, I didn't want to touch him, it's not good to touch him, apparently there's bacteria on our hands and shit like that, that's no good for him. So I kind of dug out underneath him as much as I could until the, the sand below him gave way and he just kind of dropped down a little bit and that freed up his back legs and then he just started just kind of jetting out of the hole and I thought, oh man, I'm glad I did that because I wasn't sure, you know, you don't want to do the wrong thing, you don't want to interfere and all people get really funny about these fucking turtles, man. Um, I didn't want to do the wrong thing. Um, but yeah, he started jetting out straight away. I was like, oh man, good, he was stuck, definitely. So whether he ran into that hole because a predator came or something, and then maybe the water washed up and the water hit that hole and like compacted the sand down and he just, it was just too much weight on him. It looked like he'd given up when we came past. Who knows how long he's been in there for. But released that little bit of pressure off him and the little dude came out and ran out and made his little journey down to the ocean, jumped in the water and swam away. So we did a good thing and the kids were pretty stoked to have that little experience as well, you know, up, up close and personal and sort of rescue a little turtle. So that was pretty cool. Um, they, they enjoyed that. Um, yeah. And then... Um, Whoa. What else we got? Local events. Um, well, I've, I've got some good news this week. I've, I've started back with my company, Pilbara Constructions, this week, and I got bumped up to, to leading hand, so I got a promotion this week, which is always good. I mean, they asked me to start back at work end of last year, and I couldn't because I'd committed to the boys at Samat. And they asked me if I could start the first week, uh, well, the 7th of, of January. I couldn't because I'd committed that week to, to Samat already. I was doing the right thing by the, the boys who did the right thing by me. Um, and then I said, I'll be back on the 14th. Okay, and it was sweet, no worries. And then I had that funeral that got moved to the 14th. So I had to say, oh, I can't be in on the 14th. I'll be in at like 9 o'clock on the Tuesday because I'll fly back in that morning. And then my flight got moved to the Tuesday afternoon. So work got moved to the 16th from the 15th. I'm like, oh, man, I just keep putting this off and off and off. I got in there on Wednesday, and I was like, man, it's good to finally be here. I feel like this keeps getting put off. Um, and then after all that, messing around, they, they offered me the, a leading hand job on, on the, the, the on the Wednesday when I finally got to work. So I was pretty stoked with that man and really happy that, you know, uh, uh, um, we stuck around when things were tight and hard last year. And I know they did the best to keep us working and everything like that. Um, so it's good that you show some loyalty and, and, and um, that to, to, to a company and then they, they reciprocate that and it comes back to you, you know what I mean? And I was really torn on what to do because I love working for Pilbara Construction. It's a good company, good group of guys. I wanted them to pick up and do well, but, you know, things were too slow and I got a family to pay to, 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 to look after and everything like that. So, And some Matt, the boys I was working for, who were both legends, top guys, great great guys to work for. they got a lot of work on. I wanted to do the right thing by them also and I know that they, they were kind of looking for an extra hand. So I'm like, man, do I, do I just hit them up for a full-time job and make them move over or do I just stick with Pilbara Constructions? I thought, you know what, I'll give them another chance. I'll stick with Pilbara's and hopefully, hopefully things pick up. Things have picked up at the busiest they've been in the last four years, five years, five years, I think, and, and, and then they've reciprocated that, that, that loyalty with a, a promotion. So I'm really stoked in that, man, and, and that's it's good to know, you know, there's good companies out there, there's good people to work for out there, man, and, and um, 
at the stage of life I'm at at the moment, I just don't need to work for dickheads. I don't need to work for people who are power trippers or people who don't respect their workers or, or don't value you. So it's good to be at a company like that, man. And, and so Matt were the same as that. You know, like I said, I, I really would have loved to have worked for them, but I had put my eggs in the Pilbara's basket and was giving them every chance to, to come through with the work. So two good companies, man. Um, you know, I had to make a choice to work for one, and, and, and everything's worked out really well for me. So... Yeah, I'm just really happy about that, man. There's a lot of good, a lot of good people around. It's good that at this stage of my life, this stage of my career, that I'm getting uh, uh, that there's people like that around, and I have an opportunity to work for people like that. So both companies. So I'm really stoked about that. Hey, man, heads up, shout out to both those companies, legends. Um, uh, I read, um, I read the other day that. Um, well, actually, yeah, I read last night. A couple of the boys were talking about this at work that funeral fees have gone up in Port Hedland, and it's, it's quite quite ridiculous, really. So they um, have put the fees up for a funeral on a Saturday. To um, funeral on a Saturday has been put up from fifteen hundred dollars to five thousand dollars for a funeral at Port Hedland Cemetery which looks like a fucking desert. Um, there's minimal shade there, minimal seating. There's no fucking grass there. They haven't spent any money on it, so I don't know why the fees are going up, like, what's that, 150% something? Uh, it's ridiculous, man. 1,500, 300, yeah, more than 150%, like 250%. It's just ridiculous, mate, so... Um, I don't know that people are up in arms about that, and, and I don't blame them either, mate. You know, like it's, I think it's now like the most expensive rural um, funeral uh, uh, cemetery or funeral uh, cost in in WA, and there's nothing there. They haven't spent any fucking money, man. Five thousand dollars for a friggin' hole in the ground in a desert. Look, fuck me. That's a bit rich, man. That's a bit rich. Shame on you, whoever runs these things. I don't know if that's Tanapal Headland or if that's if they're a separate entity at the funeral there. I'm not sure, but boo, boo to you. Um, speaking of death, uh, there's a story this week of um, a lady in um, Tom Price. She was a mother of two. Felicity Shadbolt uh, went out for like a routine walk. She goes out for a walk a couple of times a week um, up near Mount Nameless. There's some trails around there apparently. She does, you know, a nice big walk out there. And um, she went missing on Sunday evening. She said she was going to, she sent a message saying, um, you know, home in 20 minutes and then never returned home. They sent out a search party for her. I think they said with the helicopters and shit, they ended up look, searching an area of something like 70,000 hectares or acres, 70,000 acres I think maybe, uh, large area and they found her body I think Thursday evening or Thursday sometime near one of those trails um, at Mount Nameless, uh, they said it looks like she's had a medical episode so there's no foul play sus- suspected which um, I was going to say which is good, it's not good, this lady's dead, she's got two young kids, a husband, you know, uh, it's, it's fucking horrible but at first, when you when you think, oh no, someone snatched her and you know done horrific things to her, like that just makes me sick. The whole thing makes me sick, but that's even worse. That's next level. So, as tragic as this is, you know, like it seems to be natural causes. It was forty six degrees, man. Like whether she sort of, you know, ran out of water and minerals and something like that, and and, and dropped, or, or or if she had an actual some sort of medical episode, like maybe she, you know, had something seizure or something like that that. She, you know, came and, and then she fell and, and, and died of natural sort of causes. You know, I'm not I'm not sure, but 
it's pretty horrible, man. It really hits home to me. I got a, I got a wife. I've got two young kids. We live up here in the Pilbara. You know, my wife goes out for walks in the heat and things like that as well. So, you can just imagine uh, this family just torn apart, man. And and uh, I feel for the kids. I feel for the husband, her extended family, her parents, and you know, I don't know if she's got siblings, but just the whole, the whole thing, man. It's fucking horrible. But I do have to say, it does for me. It's, it's some kind of. Uh, like the, it, it means something that it wasn't it doesn't look like it was foul play you know it wasn't something horrible happened to it by another person so but that's just really sad man and, and there's been a lot, a lot of death in, in in my life in my family's life and, and friends and things over the past 18 months um, my nan died late last year um, my grandma died the year before my my wife's uh, granddad died that year also very very within two weeks of my grandma dying and then obviously I, I had this um, friend I spoke about in the podcast last week who who, who died um, over the Christmas break a couple of days after Boxing Day and it, it's just um, oh man it's horrible and, and it makes you think about a lot of different things you know um Especially the, the old friend. Like when old people die, it's sad because you love them and you miss them. But it's what happens. But then you get older, you die. When a young person dies, this guy was 34 years old. Um, it was a very big part of my you know, my youth. Um, when something like that happens, man, you, you um, it makes you think about a lot of different things. And, and, and for me, because uh, our relationship had fallen apart over the last eight years, it, it makes me just start feeling like. Um, you know, you're always, you're never finished. No, no one's a finished product, and, and I've got a lot of growing to, to still to do. And, and I think that one thing I need to do is is be more accepting of people and their differences and the, the way they act and the things about them that annoy me and shit like that. Because I used to be really like that when I was younger. Probably too much. I ended up hanging out with a lot of losers, and this guy's not on that list. But I had had a lot of friends who were losers and shit, you know, like a lot of good people and a lot of losers and then they got into a lot of, you know, shit, drugs and violence and just going nowhere in life and all this kind of stuff and I cut a big chunk of people out of my life so I could, you know, cut the dead the dead weight off and move forward but it, it, at the same strike I chopped off a lot of good people, a lot of good relationships, good friendships, man, and, and um, I sort of, I feel maybe at the time that's what I needed, I wasn't strong enough to move forward without making one big swipe of the knife like that but uh, in hindsight I cut a lot of good people off and, and I'm trying to mend some of those friendships now um, and with a bit more life experience and, and a bit of a vision and goals ahead of me I can be a bit more uh, accepting of the kind of people that I um, that I that I keep as friends I, I still think you have to be careful who you give your time to who you hang around with like you know you, you, people will bring you down if you let people too, too, too many people and people who aren't doing the right things people who aren't positive people who aren't goal orientated people who aren't you know moving forward in life if you let those people hang around they will drain you but you can still be friends with people you can still love them you can still give them a conversation you know, phone call here and there and, and still uh, yeah yeah just just let them know that you love them that you're there for them and be more accepting of their faults but you don't have to give them your time, if that makes sense, you know what I mean. Um, so I think I need to be a bit more accepting of people, and there's definitely some of those other old friendships that I just need to fully re-engage with and strike up, and hopefully those people will have me back in their lives, man, because there's some really good people. Um, and, and it makes me also feel like um, what I want, how I want to interact with other people, the good people in my life, the people who I do want to spend my time, who I do want to give my time to. I, I want to be more, um, like I want to leave. I want 
when people and when I leave people, I walk away, you know, from a catch up or, or, or a phone call or whatever it is. I want people to feel good. I want them to be, you know, I've always tried to do that, but I want to make more of an emphasis on on bringing joy to people and laughter and, and just you know, making people feel good, man, positive. I want to. That's why I want when I touch people's lives. I want it to be positive as much as possible. Um, and I want, I've been thinking about how I want to be remembered as well, you know, like when I pass, man, and I want people to, to think of me as a, a hard-working, you know, a, a positive, hard-working guy who, who was a good family man, who was a good friend, who made you laugh, who made you feel good, mate, someone who thinks outside the box and, and, and you know, is creative in, in what I'm, how I'm moving through life. That's how I want to be remembered, man, and, and, and um, I think that's just bringing a little bit more intention to that idea. Um, is something that I've been thinking about lately with all this death going around, man, you know. So, um, yeah, and I, um, I don't know why I, I, yeah, I felt like I needed to throw that out there, but it's on my mind, and that's what this podcast is, man, cleaning out, the, cleaning out my closet, as Eminem would say, mate. So I, I just like to get these ideas, try and they bounce around in there, and sometimes they've been there for months or years or something, and I have never looked at them. Laid them out on the table, seen what they are, you know, unpacked them, unpacked them. So that's what this podcast is great for, for me to look at ideas that are in there. Maybe I know them intrinsically, but I have never unpacked them and look at them. It helps me to unpack these things, look at them, arrange it out on the table and go, that's what that is. Okay, and bring more intention to the idea. And then I can spit it out here on the, on the microphone and, and hopefully hopefully other people can connect to that and, and feel that they know what I'm talking about and that that means something to them as well, man. So... I want to connect with people. That's a big part of what this podcast is. So thank you, everybody, again, as usual, for all your time. hope I don't get in trouble for playing the whole We Are Australian song at the beginning. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Stick with me. Give, give me feedback. If anyone wants to debate, debate me about the, the Australia Day Hold Us 100 debacle, go ahead and let me know, man, and we can get into it. I'm cool. Even if we just get into it on, on online, a debate, whatever, back and forth, I'm cool with that, man. Um, ideas are bullshit unless they're challenged and and um, can be bounced off each other and, and that sort of thing. So more than happy to speak about that with somebody else. Um, yeah, really appreciate your time. I uh, really um, appreciate anyone that's listened to this. Leave me your feedback get on the Facebook page, Instagram page. This is an interactive forum. It's supposed to be an interactive forum, so don't be silent, don't be strangers. Hopefully we've got some big things. Not hopefully, we do have some big things coming up this year. I just need to keep them moving forward, uh, get onto it, keep my preparation up, keep it creative, keep it fun, get some more guests on here. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm pumped, guys. So thank you for listening, for giving me your time and your ears. And um, uh, Average Man Podcast, episode 25, We Are Australian. Over and out. Peace.